Know Thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your host, Daniel Polinski and Eduardo Manteca, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. Check, one, two, one, two. Very good. I'm good. Good, good. Everything's good. We got the good, good. We're good, good. Um, awesome, man. Welcome to the Know Thyself Podcast. Well, thank you. Yeah. I'm here with Daniel. <laughs> My guy. Awesome, man. I'm Eduardo. And uh, finally, um, we start the seven-step journey to alchemy. Right. So in the last few episodes, we've mentioned how we're going to be going on this journey of breaking down each of the seven stages in alchemy. And today will be calcination, mm-hmm. which um, you know I've been looking forward to for a while because there's a lot of... <sighs> Let's just say there's a lot of information out there when you do look it up, like anything else in in this era that we're in. And one thing that we want to sort of emphasize on is what certain words actually mean that you will find within the definition of each of these um, steps, right? And in this case, more specifically, the ego. So the ego comes up a lot in calcination and and the understanding of um, how to... See, I don't want to use the word destroy the ego, but you will find that kind of verbiage out there. And it's it's imperative that we understand that the ego shouldn't be destroyed, but tamed, right? So we were talking about how that should happen. So, you know, we'll start off with describing what it takes to embark on the first step of, of calcination and then um, what it really means to sort of tame your ego or understand what needs to be let go of and what needs to be um, changed within this first of the seven processes. So it's really exciting because we can all relate to it. And as always, I like to really bring up, um, some anecdotal stuff, or at least like have a point of reference where it's more personal about how we go through these, these phases in our lives and then just go to the next octave, as you always say. So we'll start with calcination, uh, without further ado. Yeah, my no, guy, my guy, you did it. You did it. That was a great introduction. Um, and and you're totally right. We're working with the the first step of alchemy today. So the process of calcination, and when you kind of look at the process of alchemy, I almost feel like this is the one that has the most available information out there because mm. it's such a thought-driven process of the alchemical procedure. Okay, it's very left brain. It's very analytical. I would say it's very kind of like masculine. Hmm. So like when we kind of make our way through this and we get to like processes like the dissolution um, and the coagulation, it's a little bit more of like an internal experience that's harder to put um, kind of like physical word definitions on because we all kind of go through our own like internal experience, you know? Mm -hmm. So calcination is nice for being the first one because there is a readily amount of vocabulary out there so you can kind of understand this process, Um, which is important because this process can either be Mm self-imposed where you put yourself through the process of calcination and that's what we're going to kind of focus on, but it also can be naturally occurring in nature to you. Yeah, you said that before, which I always thought was very, uh, powerful. It's like a a tragedy, unexpected tragedy can come about, right. and that's how you're forced into this process, exactly. right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, even if we just kind of think about um, our, you know, what got us into spirituality, it was kind of our lives falling apart, right? You know, it was the what we thought 
was real wasn't real and it was burning away and we were kind of left with this this essence that was left over and that's really what kind of starts a lot of people's spiritual journey not a lot of people um and i'm not saying everybody but a lot of people you're not in like this great place and you become spiritual like it's usually something happens to you that kind of shoots you in that direction unless you had like a spiritual connection your whole life yeah. which i think is a lot of our listeners too um but for the individuals that kind of find it later in life a lot of times it's it's more of a traumatic event or um, an event where you kind of question what you thought was real, you right. know, and then that's what kind of pushes you to that um, to that situation. But yeah, we're going to see that calcination can either be self-imposed, and that's kind of what we're going to be focused on, but it also could be a natural occurrence. And that's another reason why we kind of study this, because if we're not paying attention to the process of alchemy, this kind of really feels like the world's working against you. And really what it is, is the world's trying to like wake you up to maybe a true essence or something that it needs you to do for the evolution of consciousness, right? right? So nature's never going to add pain um, for no reason. Like if nature is going to apply pain to you and make you put you in these situations, it's because it's looking for you to have some sort of growth, some sort of like new perspective on something. Mm -hmm. And that's what we kind of find. So that's why it's really important because especially when we talk about these, these first two steps of alchemy, the calcination and the dissolution, most of us kind of play a pinball between these two for majority of our lives. And if we don't know the alchemical process, we kind of just go back and forth. And it's a very confusing, troubling, and kind of disheartening time. And really right. what you see is people get really cold and kind of, they kind of throw up their hands and they kind of come pessimistic, especially if they're stuck in the calcination. They just kind of feel like the whole world's working against them. And when you're in calcination, for the natural approach, it really does feel like the whole world's against you. You know, it's it's not just losing a relationship. You might lose your position and your career. You might, you know, it might come to like what your housing might have to change. Like, it's usually like a lot of stuff kind of happening at once. And mm -hmm. it's, it's, again, it's nature just being like, hey, I need you to evolve because my whole goal is to consciously evolve, like as a whole, as the aggregate. So we need the single organisms to go through that evolution too. So again, pain is never applied for no reason, but when we um, don't know these cycles, we can kind of get caught up in the aspect of like, oh, why me? Yeah. Why me? Yeah. You know, and we get that kind of self-defeating, that victimhood, which is such a dangerous cycle because when you get into that victimhood mindset and you get into that victimhood vibration, you start attracting more victimized experiences into your life. Absolutely. You know, and then that's, that's, you'll, you'll drown in that or you'll burn in hell, like your own personal hell. Yeah, right? right. So, and so that's what we're going to kind of look at today. You know, cool. How do we kind of release the heavy stuff in our life so we don't burn in our own hell and we can really rise up with the flames? And that's kind of what the process of calcination is. And it's that first step. And again, it's this, it's a very, focused on the left side of the brain. So it's really um, has to do with concentration and really kind of focusing. And this is, we're going to kind of talk about, you know, active meditations that you do with this and just kind of the whole process. But the calcination is the, uh, we call it the seven, the kind of the first process of alchemy. And what it represents is it's going to represent um, the planet Saturn. Right. Um, and it's going to be what we call the ladder of the planets. And you make your way from Saturn, which is the heaviest, slowest moving planet, cold and dark, and you're going to kind of make your way all the way to the sun. And that's kind of the ladder of the planets. And then we're going to see those correspondences with how the alchemists used this and how they spoke about it, because they weren't really allowed to speak about astrology in most of these places. They're going to use the correspondences of metal. 
So the metal that we're going to see with and the metal that we're going to be working with in um, calcination is lead. And lead, just like Saturn, is really heavy. It's dense. It's cold. Um, there's not a lot of like what you would say, like spiritual practices to it. There's not a lot of, it's not like gold. It's not like really beautiful to the eyes. It's, it's again, it's those responsibilities. It's, it's the heaviness of life. It's kind of the structure, right. you know? So, um, so again, this is what we're going to kind of do where it's always kind of working, you know, your way from the outside in and you're working towards that sun and you're working towards that gold. Um, and really this is like the, this is the seven step program back to the perfected self. Right. Right. And that's really what we're dealing with. It's the seven step program to kind of make it back to ourself. Um, and because lead is so cold and so heavy in such a slow moving planet, we really have to use the most aggressive element there is. And that's why we're going to use fire. Right. Okay. So you're going to have to counter it because lead's so heavy and cold. You're really going to have to apply the fire, that alchemical fire to break up this process and to kind of, to get it moving. Yeah. I know that, um, if you do, um, enough reading on like the, the stages of calcination, or at least like how it can be approached, there's the chemical, the physical, the, uh, psychological and so forth. And then what it means in its, uh, in society. And as you were just talking about in a planetary sense, like I like that you're bringing up Saturn and having that lead be that, um, that first layer that needs to be burned right. or at least, um, you know, heated to a certain degree. Right. Right. So, um, but yeah, so, so go on just because that's something that I really was fascinated about, about how it's supposed to be reduced to ash. And, um, I don't want to get again ahead of myself, but it's, it's no, interesting. Let's, let's just jump into that. Cause that's exactly what it is. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's what we're going to be doing is we're going to use this, this alchemical fire, which is really the fire of, of like concentration and we're really going to use that to raise up the vibration of our thoughts to raise up the heat of our thoughts so we can kind of burn away again we're dealing with this dross which we spoke about so much in the spiritual alchemy episode mm -hmm. so we're really again burning away this appearance of reality so we can really find that true essence of the metal right right and it's going to be it's going to be a hard thing so how you do that is you through applying a lot of heat, you're going to start burning it away. And that's exactly what calcination stands for. It's to the bone. Right. And it's really just taking something down to a fine, fine dust um, in the physical aspect. So what you would do is you would, you would take it and you would really just start heating something up and you're just applying heat to it, applying heat to it. And then when it gets really hot, you're going to take the mortal and pester and you can actually break it down into a powder. Right. And that's the first step of alchemy. And then that's why the second step is dissolution. And you kind of drop that powder into water and you almost give the effect of like when you were back in the day and your mom was making Kool-Aid for you yeah. and you start pushing it with those water emotions and you're taking that, that fine substance that you were able to separate the dross. Cause that's what burnt away. Um, and you're able to take that finer substance and like dissolve it in the water. Sure. And then that's going to be kind of the second step. And that's how we're going to kind of make it. Um, but again, the dross is the appearance of reality. Right. Okay. So the dross is like our attachment to materialism. So just like, this is like an, this is a very interesting aspect, but we kind of have to, again, we have to get like that third eye open for us so we can kind of see what we're dealing with here. But the dross is um, just like everything in the physical reality is going to slowly burn away and mm -hmm. decompose. The same thing happens in the, our experiences. So when we take stuff in, 
that dross is it's not it's not eternal. It doesn't last forever. So just how physical stuff, everything we see in our physical environment is going to dissolve, including our bodies, the dross is the same way. So that's what you're burning away in that experience. You're burning away that dross so you can get that fine powder, which is the essence of lead. Like this is the the true essence of the metal. So you can kind of keep it going through that process. Right. But that, decom- so the, that decomposition is very important because- when we're dealing with burning off the dross in the physical, you know, we burn it away with fire, but how this works internally within us, when we take in experiences and we only attach ourselves to the appearance of the experience, mm-hmm. right? And that's what we attach ourselves to. We take dross inside us and we take a lot of dross. Well, what's going to happen with that dross is it's going to, in the chemical aspect of our alchemical selves, it's going to turn to dust. Okay. So it turns to dust. And what happens is it starts building up in places. And the more dust you take in, the more you're not taking in the true metal. And the more you're just taking in this dust, what's going to happen is it's going to start building up in places and it's going to start to find itself and kind of start coming together and making a solid. And then what we're going to get is an energy block. Okay, that's just the draw. Energy blocks are just the dross that has been built up and has hardened over time. Mm-hmm. And this is what we're, when we're really talking about mental and spiritual alchemy, this is what we're burning through in calcination. You're burning through all the dross that you've taken in, in your life, all the attachment to appearance that has dissolved when it goes through your alchemical process of your body, but it has no place to go and it starts building up and it builds up and it gets hardened. And that's what we're burning away. That's why you have to go back. You're going to use your conscious mind to go back to any memories that you have that really hurt you, any trauma that you're going to have. And you're not going to just sit in it like a normal meditation. You're actually going to really like find that memory and direct some heat to it. And you're going to burn it away. And that's exactly what you do. You literally burn away so that life force, Mm -hmm. that real energy can break on through again. So you can start using that energy because when you have these blocks, you have these blocks in energy and there's nothing moving through. Right. Right. Yeah. I like the process of of what you're explaining because I know we've witnessed it with friends in our lives, but something that you'll read a lot in uh, in and out of this uh, definition of calcination that I always noticed with um, particularly one friend actually who went through this is that when you're going through it, it's important to not self-destruct. So I think self-destruction is most likely part of the process, but it's an if it's an unknown process that you're going through, people do it to a point where if you created ash, you also let it just like go through your fingers and didn't really know how to reintroduce it into the next stage. And so then you're just constantly on repeat and it just keeps getting either worse or just stays neutral. And I feel like that's something I've noticed with people when they're evolving. So I've had a friend where I wanted to keep him as a friend saying, hey, we are still friends just in a new era, just in a mm-hmm. new realm. But in his mind, everything needed to go. All of it had to go. Friends jobs, even family, even. And and so I think that it's important to, to notice when there is time for a shift to not be so self-destructive, because I think it happens instinctively with people where they're just like, this is the problem. This is how I'm going to eliminate it, but you're eliminating it the wrong way, um, which 
just causes for it to come back or stay stagnant in an area that needed to actually dissolve out of. So I love that you're saying this because that's a key component here. It's not just about like burning it all down and then it's like it'd all undo itself. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, there, no, there's a way to do it properly um, without having to like cause even more or inflict more pain onto yourself. You know what I mean? Right. Well, because when you burn everything down, what happens to the aspects that you were collecting the purified metal? When go. you burn everything down, now yeah. you've you've wasted that and you've lost all those metals that you've actually been, you know, extracting yeah. through these experiences. So so again, that's that is why it's one of these things that we kind of really have to um, you know, be aware of and be a part of that process. But yeah, the you're really what you're going for is you're really kind of going over those blocks in your energy. And that mm. and that kind of brings us up to a good question because you brought this up in the beginning and we should have probably addressed it a little bit earlier, but you know, how do we really define what the ego is? Mm-hmm. Right? Because in the West we um again we kind of have a mistranslation, but also, you know, in the West we just we don't have as many words as other languages do, right? Mm-hmm. Like we've talked about this with ancient Greek. There's like 23 different words for all the different levels of love there are. And we just have love. You know, when right. I bring up love in my philosophy class with my students, they can't separate from that hallmark, you know, Disney princess prince love, right? That's what they think I'm always talking about. Right. And I'm like, no, no, like there's there's more than just that, you know? Right, but right, right. it's hard for us because we, we have this like limited language with English and ego is kind of the same way. So when we, when we talk about ego, unfortunately, we're really talking about the negative aspects of the lower ego, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of this like tyrant king. And that's what we're going to be kind of looking at because- there's really two egos. You have your ego, which we would call ego with a capital E. And what we'll kind of call, so we don't just have, I don't have to keep going like ego with a capital E, ego right. with a lower E. We're going to call this the true self, right? And so from from kind of throughout this lecture and throughout this discussion, when I'm referring to the ego with the capital E, I'm going to be referring to it as the true self. Um, ego with the lower E, what we'll call that is the tyrant king, right? So the true self, that that ego with the capital E, that is just the life force energy that's behind us. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the energy that pumps our heart. That's the energy that gives you the desire to live. That's why you can't. It's it's what keeps you going on. It's it's why you can't just like hold your breath and kill yourself. Like something will stop you from doing that. Right. Right. It's, it's the energy. It's, it's the desire for significance and it's really the desire for survival because it's, that's the energy that's pushing the evolution of consciousness on. So it's bigger than you. It's older than you. It's eternal. It's going to be around, um, before you and after you. Right. Okay. And this is the energy that pumps your heart. This is what's moving our cells around. This is the vibration that gives you life. Right. Um, and it's really important because this energy is like, again, it's eternal and it's, it's desire is for the evolution of consciousness. So right. it's going to keep you alive because it knows your experience needs to keep going. Right. Um, and so what happens is we mistake that power as our own. And then that's where the tyrant king kind of comes in. And then this is where we kind of get this false ego. Mm. And they kind of mistake that power of the heart and the power of the survival as their own. And this really kind of gets formed usually um, right after childhood as you're kind of moving into like this teenage era. And then you create what we call 
the ego that most people are familiar with. And this is like the facade. This is not your true self. This is what they called in alchemy, the tyrant king. And you kind of make this facade and then this is kind of what you kind of becomes your personality that you present to other people. And it's not really true. So if you ever notice in all of our discussions, we don't really say the word personality much because personality kind of has this attribution to this lower ego, this tyrant right. king, right? And that's why we always use the term um, character, yeah. you know, because that's kind of character is more of an expression of the true self, the, the rightful king. Right. And this is, this is that life force energy behind you. This is, again, this is what kind of keeps everything going. Like in this life force will never die. That true ego will never die. Right. So even in like when they talk about, and we'll kind of discuss this in reincarnation, there's certain schools of thought that if you don't make through all, if you don't really take this serious, your, your development and your soul kind of gets recycled. And what happens is like your consciousness and your character kind of gets recycled, but that ego never dies. So like your experiences up to this point could kind of die. And then your kind of your personality is um, restarted, mm -hmm. but that ego is just eternal energy. Right. That is just like the life force of the universe. So when we have this, um, the problem is, is when this true ego gets put in the back seat, this false ego kind of, really kind of makes itself apparent. Um, and the false ego is, you know, again, that the, it's like the artificial social construct of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, it's when we, again, it's when we are taking the dross appearance um, and we're mistaking it for the ego. So this, this tyrant King kind of takes over the personality at some point in the childhood. And what it does is it hijacks the energy of the individual to support the aims of the ego, to defend the ego, and to kind of put it through this process where it feels like it can never be, it can never be pulled down. Like right. it uses that energy and that it's that universal life force energy that that again we need for our spiritual development, but it high shacks it for the aims and kind of the means of this lower ego, this right. this tyrant king. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, I, I like that we've spoken about this before, but I know that in like ancient, um, or not even ancient, but just like mid-century or Renaissance art, you'll have the king that either kills the dragon or the mm. king that tames the dragon. You always talked about how like you just don't want to kill the ego because, you know, you need that life force, as you're saying, to get more accomplished that, you know, should be aligned with your... Um, with your true intention, right. you know what I mean? And I think, uh, that's where we're, we're very confused by, um, the difference between what we are meant to learn versus what we've acquired. And so I think acquiring would be in this example, like this, this is my status for dominating and killing this. And now no one can touch me. And it should be more about surrendering and making peace with what you need to do to tame that, mm -hmm. you know? And for some, for some people, the struggle is real where, they don't want to be known as the one who tamed the dragon. They want to be known as the one who killed it. And that's their, their first mistake in my opinion, is that they're mm -hmm. not truly surrendering their ego away. They're just more like, um, putting it on a pedestal, you know, like mm -hmm. this is what I dominated because in calcination, they'll say like the, the most difficult thing that'll happen during that process is you allowing the process to take place by surrendering. And I know I can say that that is 
very hard, especially from a male perspective, because you think that the way to conquer something is to take it on and take it head on versus like actually letting it happen. Um, and there is a difference there. There was a real difference, um, that I think should be considered, but, uh, anyways. Yeah, no, I, I completely, I completely agree with you, man. I, I think that again, how do we, we need this energy. We need this life force energy to continue this five sense construct of experience to evolve our soul. Right. So there is no killing of the ego, right? When we, when we do that, we lose that, that, that energy that's going to, you know, it's that locomotive energy that kind of keeps pushing you forward. Right. So it is, it's one of those things that we really can't do. And that this, this tyrant King, this is also the dross when we're talking about and how this kind of really relates to calcination is because a lot of this stuff you're burning out is the reactions of this tyrant King. So your things like right. jealousy, you know, your things like um, greed, your things just like, you know, being cold hearted, materialistic, all these aspects that, you know, we kind of go through and even the, the ability to be like deceptive and more importantly, deceptive to yourself. Because right. one of the things that that tyrant King loves to do is rewrite history. And we've seen this, like you see this with individuals who are stuck in calcination and they are convinced about an experience when even there's like six other people there that are like, that's not how the experience went. And they're in their minds. They're like, no, this is how the experience went. And you're like, if it was just you and I, and we were having this argument, I would be listening to this a little bit more, but I have six sovereign individuals here who were here for the experience, and they're saying that that's not how it went. Right, right. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not saying that all these six people are 100% right, but you need to be aware of this. There's some deception that's happening. And the tyrant king will do anything to protect itself, because it hates being embarrassed. It hates being humiliated. It hates feeling any kind of sorrow. Right. So even in a relationship that maybe you weren't the best in and maybe you were kind of greedy or maybe you were kind of, you know, disconnected, what that tyrant king's gonna do is he's gonna go back and be like, Oh no, it was the other person's fault. You know, and it keeps that right. it keeps that poison. It keeps moving poison around. Um, because the tyrant king, it's like a it's like a narcissist. The right. last thing the tyrant king ever wants is to be found out. Of course. You know, it's that it's that narcissist's biggest fear is for you to find out that they actually don't care, right? And that's why narcissists are usually so good at being charismatic, but it's not true. Like right. when you really start to look at this person, you're just like, "Oh no, you're you're not that good of a person." Right, you know, right. like there's this aspect to you, and that's exactly what it is. And this unfortunately this tyrant king, he's um He's clever. He's clever as hell. You know right. what I mean? Because that's where he comes from. So it is hard to keep pace with it. And that's why you really, when you go through calcination, it's such a concentration aspect because you do, you kind of start watching that tyrant king like a snake and you watch its moves and you watch how it reacts and mm -hmm. you watch, you know, what are the causes? What are the effects? And you're really like watching it. And then how, what you're going to do is you're going to, through that concentration, do a controlled burn of that tyrant king, and you're going to sacrifice the tyrant king to give birth to the true self. Right, right. right. And that's what we're doing, and that's what we're really looking for, you know? Because this false ego, this tyrant king, it's a parasite on your life force, okay? And this is why so many people have to... Um, this is why caffeine in the West is a trillion-dollar industry, 
Okay. People like, I understand like we're busy. You, a lot of you guys have children and stuff like this and you're running around and you're putting your energy in the right places. Right. But majority of these people are so depleted and need to be so caffeinated because their life force is being hijacked. Right. It's again, like I love coffee and I love tea, but you know, I know I can't use it every, all the time to keep my energy levels up. Right. So when we're really broken down and we're really tired and we can't keep going, it's good to kind of look back and be like, what is my life force? Because again, energy can't be created and it can't be destroyed. So it's, it's the first law of thermodynamics. So the energy that's within you just needs to be transformed, right? So there's not going to, you can't create energy and you can't destroy energy. So this is also true with how, you know, when people say you have to kill the ego, well, you can't, it's energy. It's impossible to destroy energy, right? You have to transmute it. You have to take it and put it through a higher higher perspective, a higher octave, right? right? So like, even in those discussions of like, oh, kill the ego, you can't, it's energy, Right. So it's like scientifically impossible. So that's kind of what we're really dealing with because again, this this energy is going to be present. It just depends on what you're going to do with it. And this is why you need to turn up the concentration and really look at where those blocks are in your energy, right? And you're going to have physical blocks, you're going to have mental blocks, and you're going to have spiritual blocks. Mm-hmm. And this is what we're really doing. We're We're focusing in on these. And we're really just like turning up the temperature and like watching them. And you actually, one of the processes of alchemy in this calcination step, there's this this um, this is meditation. And with alchemy, we should kind of talk about this. You have solar meditations and you have lunar meditations. So the lunar meditation is going to be probably what most of you guys are more familiar with. And that's kind of more of like closing your eyes and kind of going into the subconscious. A solar meditation is going to be more focused on the left side of your brain. And this is actually a very focused um, alchemical meditation. Okay, so we use the consciousness and the subconscious in both levels in the alchemical process. And the first one being a masculine fire step, we're going to use that left side of the brain. We're going to be using that um, masculine focus energy. And sometimes you're using like mandalas and you're really focusing in on the mandalas. And we, um, we're going to kind of talk about how to do that. But there is a old school, really old um, alchemical meditation that was presented really beautifully by Dennis William Hawk, who's a great resource for alchemy. Mm-hmm. And he calls it roasting of the cinnabar. And what roasting of the cinnabar is, is you actually use your true imagination Okay, so you really have to wake up that imagination. And that's another part of this alchemical process is like turning on your imagination, being able to focus. But you actually, the cinnabar is going to kind of represent painful experiences, painful thoughts, maybe painful beliefs that you have that are not true, right? And what you do is you actually take that cinnabar and you this kind of will be this painful experience or this painful memory and you focus on it with all of your all of your consciousness directly and as hard as you can and you start in your imagination roasting it so you're putting it over the fire you're putting it through the calcination mm-hmm. and cinnabar when it it's um also called dragon's blood to the uh, the alchemist when you start roasting cinnabar this white this white liquid that actually ancient alchemists thought was the first matter 
um, starts coming out and it really kind of looks like mercury. And what you do is you roast this idea, roast this negative thought that you have, and then you imagine yourself actually collecting that white ooze that's coming out because, and then you collect that into a, um, a beaker because that's the life force. And now that's the energy you're going to use in that beaker and your alchemical experience to keep going through this journey. That's, yeah, that's the awesome. purity. That's the essence. So, so this whole alchemical process um, is just a little bit different than, you know, I don't want to say it's different than the East because there was Eastern mystics that practiced alchemy. You know what I mean? But we just, we don't really see alchemical, pro, we don't really see meditative processes using consciousness quite like that. And again, it's going to go from both ways. And then you're going to have one where you use both of them at the same time, you know? Right. Um, and that's kind of like the the kingdom of Solomon, right? The sun and the moon, Sol Oman. So, sure. you know, that's really what we're going to kind of look at. But Roasted of the Cinnabar, you can find that meditation online. Um, and it's just a great, great little meditation. But again, we're we're really, what you're doing there is you're 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 catching that false ego. Right, right. And then you're roasting him over the flames. Yeah, yeah. Right? I know that um, Hawk describes about how it's a frightening process. And mm -hmm. it's a frightening, frightening process to let go of the false self. And, uh, and so what you're saying is a great piece of advice as far as how to like go within and then try to find a way to sort of let go of what doesn't serve you versus just like beating yourself up because that also can just keep you at a level of stagnation because you're trying so hard to, you know, get rid of something without knowing the steps um, or the proper steps as to keeping the life force. So I really like that you're explaining that as a meditation so you can retain the life force, but get rid of what doesn't serve you. Um, right. Which I think is like a really difficult thing to do if you don't know better. You know, right? Well, we're not taught to do that. You know what I mean? Like that's, but this is what we're this is what we're talking about when we're saying burn away the dross. Like, what part of this thing do we not need? So you burn that away, and then once you do that, you heal yourself because right. you know once you can get that life force out. Because what's so painful about like memories that hurt you? It's because there's trapped life force there. Like there's energy that's not getting through. There's blockages. Right? Again, this dross breaks down into powder just like every other physical thing and it has buildups. Right. So we have these emotional, we have these physical and we have these spiritual blocks. And this is what we're doing. We're taking our concentration because we are our own alchemical vessel and we're just burning those blocks. We're right. burning that because it turns into this hard false lead, right? You know, and we need to burn that away and we need to extract these experiences. Right, right. We need to attract the the pure true essence of the metal. You know, and again, lead is the least of the spiritual metals. So we're going to need to collect the rest of the metals to finish up this process. Like you're not going to find salvation through lead alone. Yeah. You know, but you need to purify it and you need to clear it up and you need to get that process started because Figure if you out. don't, you're never going to be able to get started and go any further. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, um, it's funny you say that. Well, not funny, but something that's very true as an example of this would be, um, I know someone very close to me who lost their mother to cancer. Mm -hmm. And when she was on her deathbed, she said um, two things that kind of resonate with what you said. One is that she said the cancer was self-inflicted because she was too afraid to let go of a lifestyle that she was living because she thought it was black or white. So she thought if she changed her lifestyle, she would lose a lot of the things that she enjoyed doing within life. So she ended up creating resentment for the things she didn't want to change. 
And then when she was going through the process of being diagnosed for this cancer, the doctor said, well, we're not sure how, but you have copious amounts of lead in your body mm. and we need to get rid of that. And we don't know where to start right now. And so she, she took actually the advice as something literal and started looking into like where, where there was the well water, where they lived. Um, are my children affected by this as well? Um, and there was no evidence of it. And she went back to the statement she'd made and, and she, before she died, believed that a lot of that was not only self-inflicted, but it was like something that she manifested within herself rather than like going through the process of like mm -hmm. letting go of one's thing and still retaining a life that she could have retained. She still could have been married as the way she was. And this is not a person who was into like any kind of, um, an example was that there's no drugs here involved or anything like that. When I say lifestyle, I just mean that there weren't healthy choices. And again, rather than changing, she just beat it up within herself. And, and that's the area that ended up having the inflammation and all the things that come with the horrible thing of cancer. But uh, yeah, I remember when she was shocked about having so much lead in her body. So it's very true to what you're saying, physical. And, and, and so, um, yeah. Yeah. So no, absolutely, man. And again, this, this stuff is, you know, these, Again, we, we treat medicine such an interesting way, but the ancients definitely thought everything started in the thoughts, you know, and diseases were more of manifestation of thought patterns that needed to be cleared up. So you were, you looked at the whole psyche of the individual when you were treating the disease rather than just the symptom, right? you know, and that's, uh, again, we've moved away from that, but if hopefully with this whole renaissance of so many different ideas, hopefully we can kind of more get back to that holistical, holistic, proactive approach to medicine rather than this reactive, let's just keep you sick to keep our paychecks going right, kind right. of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's again, it's, um, you know, in these, in this, this, this false ego, this, this dross of calcination, you know, it's going to burn away. You know, it's not just, jealousy it's also like you know artificial behavior it's it's habitual responses it's kind of like our pre-programmed nature you know that's going to be something that i think we're seeing a lot of this pre-programmed nature in our society right now you know people are getting pre-programmed to have responses to something that you know like when you hear it you're like those aren't your words right like, you know i i don't this isn't you like this isn't this doesn't even sound like you but they just like kind of like regurgitate these this dialogue at this time that's kind of being imposed to them and again it's it's taking the lead of the environment and putting it inside you and there's going to be there's going to be definitely consequences for that you know what i mean um so again it's we're kind of doing this rebellion against this tyrant king and the only weapon in this holy war in this first step is our concentrated consciousness. It's that purified thought and really making that burn through. And, you know, all alchemists will say, if you can't concentrate, you can't do alchemy. So like, this is also a, a great exercise is, is just to like, you know, if you have like a candle or you have a statue of the idol that you prefer, whether it's Mary, whether it's Buddha, try to focus in with your eyes open and see how long you can keep your attention on that idol, on that flame. Um, you can do this at anything. Like even if you're like waiting for a bus somewhere, like it doesn't have to be a sacred thing. You can just look at a mountaintop. You can look at anything, mm -hmm. but just see if you can like focus in your concentration. And again, it's, it's going to be hard at first because we don't realize just how much we are distracted in our, in our lifestyles and in the modern world that we live in. But through, through patience, 
you know, through perseverance and mostly through love, you will raise up your ability to kind of keep that concentration on. And and that's just going to help you through this process of calcination because, again, you don't go through this once. It's going to make itself apparent so many times because there's so many times that we kind of go through this, you know, because you're going to have aspects of having to break through the illusion. You're going to find out, you know, even episodes of bigotry that are kind of living within you, you know, the jealousy, that attachment of appear of appearances, you know, it's kind of that hallmark of this false ego or the uncalcified self, right? Right, right. And I really like that you're bringing up the um, the life force and how to like sort of trust in that it's always within us, and what antagonizes it. Antagonize might be a negative connotation there, like the the word using anta- to be antagonistic. But I would say to rev it up, so so to like really get it going, is to let go of the lower ego that makes no um, progress in your life. You will see that the higher self will actually, uh, in that instance, if, if, if either evolve or like come to light, and people will notice it. And I know that that's happened. Time after time, I have an example where I remember I had a, I had this thing I had to go do regarding work and and shooting this uh, event, and there was a lot of people that were going to be there, and it was very disorganized, and I was very caught up in the fact that I'm like, why am I doing this? Is this what I need to be doing? And on top of that, in my relationship that I was in, there was an aspect of jealousy that had been presented, and I remember that I was feeling so anxious and wanting to have some sort of like exterior, um, say energizer in this case, like you're saying coffee or caffeine mm-hmm. to keep the life force going. I didn't have it. So I ended up going out to the desert here in Arizona. It's always nice to go out into nature. So I, I go out for this hike and after the hike, I end up letting go of the idea of something that I thought I was going to confront my partner with in regards to jealousy we end up having a conversation. We both have an understanding of what that situation really entailed with another person involved. And I just like, I truly let it go from inside out, not from outs, not from like just the a vocal standpoint. I just remember saying it and feeling it being like, no, it's, I'm fine with it. Actually. Like, I think that person's intention was this thing, but it, it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with you. I said to her, and she was really happy, but we could, didn't have a lot of time to talk. I had to go to that shoot. I walk into the shoot, and I feel, before I even get there, so light. I'm just so invigorated. I'm like, I don't know what I've done. I didn't even get to drink coffee, but I feel so good for the shoot. And it was like late. It was like 7.30, and it's at this big museum. And long story short, I ended up making a ton of connections that night with people because I really do believe I'd let go of something that normally would have made me sort of a recluse in that moment because I was a cameraman for this event. So I can hide behind the camera and let people sort of socialize. And instead I was put up in many situations to put the camera down and converse. And and I felt so light that I had one woman actually approach me and made a comment about that. I said nothing to her. We never knew each other. We didn't know how we felt about our spiritual, like, uh, uh, interpretation of life or like what we lean on to or not. And she's just like, I just want to let you know, like you're just radiating right now. And I said, Oh, that's funny. And I said, I said, how so? And I thought she was just kidding. She's like, no, she's like, I was looking at you from across the room and there's a globe about you right now. And she's like, I just wanted you to know that. And that's it. And she walked away. And I've held on to that memory for a long time because I remember what I felt like before I ended up 
leaving for a hike. And it wasn't just the hike, but it was just coming to the conclusion that something that I wanted to confront someone with wasn't going to serve me a purpose, but not just there, taking it a step further and finding a way to actually let it like leave my body. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what they were, you know, pinpointing on about, but, uh, it's very real. And then you feel it. So whether you want to believe it or not, I just remember I felt invigorated. So I could like stop there if I want to, you know, but where we always take things a little further. So I just thought it was an appropriate, you know, um, story of that because I didn't, that wasn't my intention is to go to this event feeling like, is someone going to tell me if I look invigorated or I'm glowing? I was more like, I don't really need to talk to people right now. I just mm -hmm. need to get in and get out. And so it's funny how, um, you do get that life force back when you let go of some of that yeah. lead, you know, you let some of the lead bars fall off the boat and then the wind blows and then you're faster than you were before, you know? Right. So it's, um, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. No, I think that's, I think that's so true, man, because only somebody who's glowing is that internal ego purely coming through. The other right. stuff is just like glitter, right. you know, and it's that false, it's that false shine. It's, it's that you can kind of see through it and it's just like, I'm sure what you kind of see on like the red carpet, like it's all expensive glitter, but there's not a lot of glowing, like until like Terrence Malick shows up and then everybody's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think that's um, a great way to kind of look at that because again, it's, this is the story of the Phoenix raising through the ashes, right? So right. you burn away those aspects that you don't need. So the true essence wakes up and then you've got this higher perspective. You're lighter. You're literally flying now where you were stuck burning in hell before, you know? So that's, that's exactly what this process is, right. you know? And it's, um, it's really important that we understand that. And again, just think about how, how invigorating that was. And that was one block. So right. if we really think about all the different blocks we have and all this different calcination and all this different dross that we have built up inside us, if you really start focusing your consciousness on it and making that evolution happen, you're going to get yourself lighter and lighter so you can rise up with the flames, right? Rather than burn in this hell. Right. And I mean, this is what the story of um, Frankenstein's monster is all about. What are you doing with your life force? Are you using your life force to grow as an individual or are you animating some other object, which is your lower ego, right? Right, Because it's, you know, it's Frankenstein, the story of Frankenstein, everybody thinks the monster is Frankenstein, but that's not the truth. It's, it's Frankenstein's monster. It's Dr. Frankenstein. And he spends all this time animating this object outside of himself, not his true self, right? So he spends all this time, he puts all of his life work and all of his energy into creating a monster right right what ends, what does it end up doing it ends up terrorizing a village and it ends up causing destruction right and it ends up destroying him at the end right right because what was he doing he wasn't using that life force for his own his own growth he was he was taking that life force and he was filling it into that ego right you know what i mean and that's what that story is all about you know mary shelley was very much around occultists like when she was writing that book and Again, people, you know, loved the visualization because she was such a talented writer. But what she was really, what she was really putting her finger on is a really, really powerful story about, you know, this false ego that you're putting so much life force behind. You know, you're putting all your energy to create these material possessions that your life force wants and to create that, you know, to get that red convertible and stuff and just be better than your neighbor it's going to kill you because none of this stuff goes with you at the end. Right. Right. You know, only the true experience is only your character is what you carry. And that's the true metals. It's not the, it's not the dross. Yeah. The dross, just like when it goes inside you, 
it just like in the process of nature and we see in life, it will dissolve. Right. It will become ashes, right? It's just going to crumble yeah. away. And that's one of the things we really have to think about when we really think about the appearance of reality and you know how deep are we really taking? Are we just on the appearance of reality or are we actually getting the truth? Right. And the truth is the metals. I always think uh, back to when we were kids, but I think this is a good example here. You're talking about truth and you're talking about the false ego. I was always perplexed by the fact that when you're younger, it's very easy uh, for some people, not all, to say that life isn't fair. And then those who are born with an opportunity, um, I feel sorry for. Now, I say that now in my later years, even though I'm still young, meaning when you're younger, that false person, if they're in the lead, they're going to have to go through this process later on because whatever has put them in the lead is only temporary. And that's a very harsh reality, which is in reverse. If you're born without it and without meaning the talent of, say, being tall enough to play uh, all the games and sports or being good looking enough to have the attention of the opposite sex, when you finally get to a point where that internal beauty makes its way out or something of your physical appearance changes for you to now make a decision, you're better off being born the ugly duckling. And I always thought that was funny because you, so for those who don't whoa, know, whoa, what? Hold on. <laughs> Daniel, um, when we were younger, um, wasn't the tallest of, of the group, but I felt like you built all your character based on like having to stand up for your true self and actually like proving p to people what really mattered internally. And then one day you come back and you're like six foot something. And I'm like, it's so interesting that now you're this tall, but you could care less to probably like try to be on a basketball team or try to be like a bully or try to be bigger than the other person. And I always thought that was interesting that that happens to people later on in their life. They get something that maybe they wanted. And I'm not saying you wanted to be tall all your life. He wasn't like um, abnormally short or anything, but I just thought it was interesting that like those who I would look at going like, Oh, how, how come they got the better end of the stick right now as we speak are like all those things that I had going for me have completely fallen apart or at least don't hold water anymore. Where do I even go from here? Mm -hmm. How do I even start? And I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. Cause I don't feel that way right now mm -hmm. internally. It's like, I guess I was supposed to have that at a younger age, some, some way or another in order to like, then, you know, once receive what I thought was the grand prize to be like, this is worthless to me. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't need this right now. Like, or, I'm not saying be not being tall is worthless to you, but I just remember like by, by the time you came back one summer, you were so, you were such a different person and um, you were so far from like, I thought being like an egomaniac. I don't, I don't remember. I just remember being like, Whoa, that's a whole different friend. And it was like over, it felt like over the course of a summer, but I just remember like, not a part of you was just like, I have, I have grown or I have like, you were just like, Hey man, like what's going on. And, um, I just think that's an interesting thing that life gives you that opportunity. So you either can be bitter about it in the beginning and then, uh, realize it was meant to be that way. Or you can just sort of like take the lesson at hand and probably want to take it when you're younger rather than when you're older, because then when you're older, it really sucks. <laughs> Sorry, man. I oh no, I put love you on it. The spot, no, but. it was the best. I was just like, wait, where are we going with this when it started? <laughs> but no, I I completely agree, man. It's um, you know, and it's it's again, it's one of those things. Like, it kind of goes back with that conversation we had with spiritual alchemy last week, where you know, a spiritual alchemist, 
you could get gifted a bunch of money right. and the physical alchemist is going to look at that and say like, oh, that's a blessing. Right. The spiritual alchemist is going to be like, wait, what? How's that going to affect this individual's soul? Yeah, you know what I mean. And we and we see that, and you you do see that with individuals who you know kind of maybe grew up with like a golden spoon in their mouth. It's yeah. a little difficult for them to kind of catch up with stuff, you know. Um, but then there's some people whose parents don't give their kids that benefit of the doubt, and they make everything they work for all those kids, and and then those kids are really powerful because they had the you know had the experience growing up, they had the comfort, but then they also had the discipline and that virtue that kind of comes with hard work and kind of going through with stuff. So, yeah, man, it's it's such an interesting it's such an interesting aspect. But again, you know, we just have to always just focus in on. You know what am I doing to evolve consciousness? And I wasn't trying to call you an ugly duck. I was like, I was like, whoa, <laughs> no, whoa. No, no. Uh, it's just uh, you know one of my many examples, but um, that's so funny. But yeah, it's like my future wife could be listening. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, no man. So it's again, you know this this whole life force, this calcination, and really burning away these blockages and using that conscious brain, using that directed focus to break through those barriers that are within us in those blocks because again we need that life force energy we need it more than ever right now and we need that energy to be moving through us freely right you know and this is why we use this this concentrated consciousness to kind of to make that happen you know because this that's the same life force that's pumping your heart right now is the same life force that's pumping mine. And it's the same thing that's pushing us through this evolution. It's the same thing that's having us all work on our characters rather than getting lost in like, oh, a useless like YouTube like show right now. Right. You know what I mean? This is, it's, it's hard work to kind of put this work on your character. It's this, you have to make a free will decision to actually be like, how do I better myself? And I want to better myself. Like, we don't tap everybody on the back enough for kind of going through that process, you know? Um, Cause this life force within us, when we really open it up, it really wants us to become who we need to become. And it, and it kind of pulls in those events to make that happen, but it's also that force that's never going to leave you. You know what I mean? This is why this life force is so powerful. This is really why, I mean, like the process of suicide is such a terrible thing, but when people are, one of the reasons why suicide is such a eye-opening and like amazing, like not amazing experience, but like a, it takes people off guard is because you have to overcome that life force, yeah. which is the universe. So this means that this person must have been in a really tough situation to do this because they had to overcome that life force that is doing anything it can for survival. You know what I mean? So you really have to counteract a, a, than an impenetrable force. That's why when you do learn about suicide, it's such a terrible thing because you just, you can't even imagine the amount of pain that that person would be in to have to do that. You know, now like self-sacrifice for somebody else, that's different when you're, you're doing that, you're like prolonging life or whatever kind of self-sacrifice you're doing. But just that, that normal case of suicide, why that's such a, why that kind of, you know, you could hear about somebody that you don't even know committed suicide and it puts you in a funk. And that's because like, you have to go against this life-giving force that's uh, like a locomotion. You know, it's really going through, and it really wants you to live. So to to like counter that, 
you just you just see all this negative emotion, you know. Right. And again, that's why we work on our characters. That's why we understand our spiritual progress. So when the trials and tribulations of life come to us, we don't have to we don't have to fault it. You know what I mean? We don't have to. We don't have to give in to that kind of thing. And again, the, the hermetics and all the alchemists—that was the biggest thing. Was just like you know, you never, you never do that to yourself. Your soul is so special. You are so special. There's a reason for you. And you know, the universe has your back. Just be patient and just know that you know your progress is going to happen and you're going to make it through it for sure. Right? For sure. It's good to not confuse the internal. Uh, versus the external. I think sometimes people take the external for the internal all in one, and then mm-hmm. they just eliminate themselves from this realm. And I think that it's important to find modalities or different ways of like meditating through that and doing like an internal um, elimination, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and having a way to do that um, is very difficult because you think, well, that's not going to solve anything. Like I'm still here. I'm right. still in this like realm where I'm suffering. And it's like, no, I completely understand and empathize with with any any individual going through that struggle. But it is something that people should pay attention to. It's like if it's not feeling well internally, then like maybe you have to find a way to go within and and get rid of that ache without having to physically remove yourself from this realm. And I think like there's just been a confusion there for individuals who felt like they don't longer belong here. And it's a very, it's a tragedy, you know, because that life force does want to keep you here Mm -hmm. to complete this process that we're talking about right now. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, um, well, I mean, it needs you to like, it needs, it needs the evolution of consciousness needs all of us to keep evolving ourselves because that's how the evolution of consciousness progresses, you know, and that's how we keep going. And that's why, you know, that's the, this whole aspect of the creator reflecting on himself to have all these experiences. That's what we're dealing with. And that's kind of what the, the hermetics and the alchemist really believed. And this is the energy you're tapping into is that ego energy, you know? And one of the things like when we're kind of going through this is, you know, when we, when we talk about the metal and like, oh, extract the metal, extract the lead, extract the copper so you can get those essences, a lot of times too, what you'll kind of see is like, you know, another way to say that is like the universal life force or God, right? So there's a there's this amazing scene in the movie V for Vendetta when uh, Natalie Portman goes outside after she just went through an alchemical process. V puts her through it um, because he actually makes her like a spiritual alchemist because at the end she disconnects from her body because they were like, we're going to kill you if you don't tell us about this. And she's like, that's fine. Like she, she went through the process to become actually a spiritual alchemist and the rain's hitting her, uh, like her face. And there's this beautiful scene when she's like, God is in the rain. And this, this alchemical process, this, when we light up that fire of calcination and we release that energy, we're releasing that God energy and that's what's burning through. And that's what that concentration is. And again, it's, it's a releasing of energy that's built up within us. Just Mm -hmm. like the firewood, when you make a fire releases that sunlight built up when we really focus in on our character and we really focus in on, you know, purifying ourselves through the flame, you're releasing that God energy, which is that higher ego and that higher self, because it's, we're one in the same with the creator. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So beautifully said, man, beautifully said. Yeah. I, I'm really eager to get through, um, th- these process or the, the seven steps rather. And, um, again, keep breaking it down to sort of like understand what this all entails and 
you know, where it begins and where it ends because, you know. Yeah. And you know, one thing too, as we kind of keep going through this process and we do these seven steps, um, we will kind of allude back because it's really, you can't really talk about the other steps without like talking about the stuff that kind of came before it. So we will have a little bit more information on calcination next week. And when we kind of talk about dissolution, um, and we kind of go through that process, but, um, you did a really cool, uh, campfire, um, little breakdown. Yeah. A little breakdown. That was fun. I was was kind of awesome. I was a little buzzed. Yeah. I was just like, Oh, I had a couple of beers near a campfire and I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna make a patron, but I would love to make more of those, um, and get a little bit more active. So please, I know you patron people, we are so thankful for the support you give, but please be on the lookout. We do have the, the Lord of the Rings, um, coming out, um, next week. And we'll definitely do a podcast about that very soon. Um, but we're going to, Definitely try to make some more like 15, 20 minute videos that we can just kind of shoot up because it is, it's like a lot of times I'm just like chilling on my porch and I want to talk to somebody. And then I'm like, I forget that I'm like, I've got like a hundred friends right online that I should be just chatting with right now. So uh, we'll make sure that that happens. But again, we are so, so thankful for everything. We're excited to kind of take through these seven steps. And I kind of think we're going to go, we're probably going to just to kind of give you some time with the calcination to kind of think about it. I'm thinking we're going to do another topic next week and then we'll do dissolution the following week and kind of break it up over like 14 weeks. Um, And um, please be on the lookout because I am going to post some resources about some different alchemical meditations for calcination. I know we talked about the roasting of the cinnabar, Mm -hmm. but um, there's also like, I've heard it like breath of fire, which is an alchemical, um, that's an alchemical calcination thing. And that's where you're really using like fire from, you know, your deep stomach and it's like an aggressive in and out, in and out. A lot of you guys have probably done that in um, yoga. And that's also a, um, that's a calcination alchemical meditation as well. You kind of bring up that fire and you, you're raising up that furnace. You're creating that vibration and you're raising up that, that concentration energy to be able to do the work. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I really want to know more about the resources of what it takes besides just like reading it. Like I know there's so much information as Daniel was just saying, and like there's great individuals out there. Uh, I know you mentioned um, uh, Dennis Hawk, you, mm-hmm. you, you know, so it's good to like have these resources so you can hear it from them mm-hmm. and not just from us when you're, you know, investigating uh, more about what we're talking about or doing it for yourself, which right. is what the most important thing that we want for you is to just go through this process, um, in your own unique way. But, you know, all of us still adding to the aggregate, you know, adding to the aggregate. Right? So, um, yeah. Anything else you want to add? All for one and one for all. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know, we're good. Awesome, man. Well, uh, with that being said until next time, until next time. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Not only does it give us the energy we need, it also gives us an opportunity to make a positive environmental impact. Earthling Food Company originated from the simple truth that what is good for the body is good for the planet. They create delicious, plant-based food that lifts us up rather than weighs us down. That's right, you will never find preservatives, refined sugar, oil, animal products, gluten, or any other crap that is environmentally destructive. Only the good stuff. Would you like a hearty granola that is both delicious and healthy? What what about uh, something with zero cholesterol or an alternative to scrambled eggs? Earthly Food Company has you covered. They are a brand new husband and wife startup, so check back regularly for new products. 
Greg and Jen have been listeners and supporters of the Know Thyself podcast since our very first episode. We first collected on a philosophical conversation, and then through the conversation learned about this really exciting new project that they were creating, which is an organic, amazing granola that they want to share with all the listeners of our community. Artisan granola and seasoning make a great holiday gift. Visit earthlingfood.company. That's earthlingfood.company. Did you say earthlingfood.company? That's exactly what I said. To order online and use the discount code KNOWTHYSELF, that's one word, KNOWTHYSELF, for 15% off your purchase. They are also offering uh, free shipping on orders over $70, so, uh, you know, order online today. I would do it, like, right now. <laughs>